right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. We watched a couple movies, didn't we, guys? We got a double feature. Yeah. Back to back, head to head. And uh, what did we watch here? Suspiria. And Suspiria. (laughs) (laughs) Suspiria 1977 and Suspiria, I guess... 2018, 2019, I don't know. 2018, yeah. It says 2018, but I could have swore we tried to watch this last year and it wasn't on there. But then again, I don't know. My time's all kinds of messed up. But what is Suspiria about? We're, we're going to spoil both of these movies. So if you haven't watched them, go watch them and then come back. Do them back to back. Do it. I don't know if I'd recommend back to back, though. I would say if you're going to watch one, watch the classic. That's Mike's talk right now. Whoa. At least watch them on sequential days. That's not the right word. Yeah, I like that. That's what I did. Yeah, one after the other. I guess, yeah, I'll give the rundown, if you don't mind, on Suspiria. Yeah, go ahead. How do we want to do this? Do we want to just start talking about the 1977 and then move to 2018 and then kind of like compare them or whatever or how do you want to do this i feel like it might be easier if we organize it a little bit we should talk about 1977 first for sure yeah i'm sure it'll naturally come up as we're talking about our comparisons to the thing so all right so 1977 suspiria is a film by dario argento We've talked about previously on the show from with the bird with the crystal plumage and Deep Red as well. He's the master of giallo filmmaking in Italy. Um, but this is not a giallo film, or at least I wouldn't consider it one. Some people do, but Suspiria 1977 is about an American named Susie Banyan who goes over to Germany to study at a prestigious German ballet academy. And while she's there, a lot of weird things start happening and she's trying to figure out what's going on and ultimately finds out that the school is run by a bunch, or not a bunch, a coven of witches. Witch, witch, witch. Yes, as Goblin informs us during the movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I will say, the first time I saw this, I did not catch that they were saying witch. So I had no clue what was going on until the exposition dump. And then when we got to that part, I was like, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, that's the, the gist of it. I'll throw in right here, too, that the first time I saw this was in a theater with Goblin providing the score live, and it was awesome. (laughs) Fox and Terry were there, too, for that one. What a freaking day. Yeah, I was surprised how cool it was. Like, I wasn't sure, you know, it's like, it was just gonna be, I thought it was just gonna be loud, which it was really loud, but like, I really enjoyed that. Just their music is so cool. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a vital part to this film, too. Yeah, they do have a very unique style, and I like their music in Suspiria the best, I think. It's just so eerie and like unnerving all the time. Yeah, it really fits with the tone quite well, I think, with the like yeah, the whispering and the 
the yelling and the the funky bass at times, this heavy synthesizer. Ooh, it's just yeah, it it's really good, really good, man. I listen to that just by itself sometimes. I'll just be like driving in my car and I'll play the Suspiria theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy because it shouldn't work either. The score is so bombastic and crazy, but it it really works well for this. And like Mike said, it it drives the tension a lot too. Um, you know, when you're listening to like a fast paced song when you're driving and you start driving real fast in the car and you don't realize it, right? It's kind of that effect in this film because you've got this bombastic drum where it's like going (laughs) throughout the whole thing and it just like keeps you on the edge of your seat and keeps the scene moving at a fast pace or at least it feels like it is. It's crazy how it works. It, it it shouldn't, but it works real well. And then, like they said about it being creepy, they've got people screaming and yelling and whispering and chanting in the background for it. It's, it's so creepy. Like when Susie first shows up at the airport and she's walking and every time the doors open, it starts playing the theme. And you're like, ooh, that's creepy. It's almost like a perfect storm scenario. It seems like a lot of these times when he collaborates with Goblin, it's either wicked like Suspiria, or it's totally nonsensical, like in uh, Phenomena, which I just watched. To be fair, Phenomena, I think, was just uh, the keyboardist. I wondered, because it was like, yeah, so much later. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just like the sheer, like, craziness of like but the visuals are so insane in the original and it's so insane music like everything all these like insane scenes all coming together like it is just kind of like yeah the perfect melding of these weird ideas i think man them is some juicy shots for the 1970s i mean good lord they are just oozing color all over the place Like, somebody get this guy a mop, because there is just (laughs) bleeding red and green and blue all over the set. And for you, dear listener, who may not know, Suspiria um, was the last film to use Technicolor. It looks so good, especially on with the 4K restoration. Man, it looks so good. The colors are so rich and vibrant, and they just, they tell the story so well, like, at the at the start when she's in the taxi and going to the school and it's raining out there, it looks like it's blood just pouring from the sky because they've got the red light shining on it and then then it cycles through all the other colors, of course, but it's just it you haven't seen anything like Suspiria, that's for sure. <laughs> I haven't seen anything else like it. Yeah, that's true, and I'm trying to think about it. I don't know what I've seen like it, but I like that you brought up how the colors tell the story, because if I had any criticism of this 1970s one, it's that the story may not be as solid as I thought it was the first time I saw it, having now seen it four times. (laughs) I mean, all of his stories are kind of shaky, so... That's true. Which I didn't realize until this time that he wrote it with, like, 12-year-old girls in mind, but then the studio was like, no, no, no. <laughs> they must at least be of age. 
Yeah, you can't stab a 12-year-old literally in the heart with a knife. Like, no, no, nobody's going to watch that. Hardagento <laughs> like, <laughs> would. <laughs> we should talk about that opening scene. But back on the story, too, I, I do agree. The story is the weakest part of this film. It It serves its purpose. And that's about it. The rest of it is told through the visuals and the music, which is part of what makes this unique and fitting since it's technically about they're at a ballet um, academy, which that's kind of how ballet works, too. So it's it's very fitting in a strange way since there's only one dance scene in the whole movie. But it's not just the music and the colors that make it. It's the locations, too. Like, the sets they built for this movie are so interesting, and they're so cool. They've got so much color, which looks... It just works wonderfully with the different, like, color lights and stuff they use on the sets, and then with the Technicolor added in there. Oh, it's just it's nuts. Like, that apartment building at the very start, that's got to be one of the the coolest sets I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, it looks amazing. That place is nuts. I want to know how much it would cost to live there. Cause <laughs> Thinking of moving? <laughs> <laughs> well, not after the opening of the film, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Like, I think, yeah, you're right. That It's like, you know the phrase, like, style over substance? I feel like there's just so much style in this that like it literally creates its own substance. Like it doesn't necessarily need a story that strong to hold it up because it's just so visually and like sonically pleasing. You're just it distracts you from like any weird flaws in the story that there are like kind of pacing issues because there's always something to look at that's cool or there's always some creepy goblin song playing in the background. Like there's always something cool going on. If you've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey, that's the closest comparison I have for the effect of like the the lighting and the music and the set and just in the locations telling the story for you. It, that's the only thing I can compare it to really that I've seen and it's it's impressive when the style like Terry said is so good that it creates its own substance in the movie. You don't see that very often. <laughs> yeah, it has its own ambiance to it. I'm going to say that I like the story much better in the 70s version when it's a lot more simple and you're kind of figuring out stuff with the characters instead of the remake. That's way too much. They went way too overboard on that story, I think. I love how simple this is. Like It doesn't go overboard on the story at all. I, I don't care if it's simple gets its point across and everything works together so well that just makes Suspiria. The story's not bad. It's it's simple. Like a lot of people say it's like being caught in a nightmare is like is what watching this is. And I, I can see that point. Um a lot of people say it's like being that it, it's a horror fairy tale, which I I see that too, and I think that's a pretty good description though using the word fairy tale kind of mm, gives you the wrong expectations i'd say but i could see something like this being in Grimm's fairy tales the actual ones yeah and it's kind of interesting too because like the this one's about like the mother S suspiriorum i think that's what they say her name is 
if I remember correctly, I believe she is the mother of size, and her whole deal is about dreams and like nightmares and stuff like that, which probably explains the kind of the weird psychedelic, yeah, visual element to the movie, even like and the crazy kills and things that just appear out of nowhere sometimes. The kills are really good in this, but also it's like the witches are just killing people with knives. Like, <laughs> it does kind of turn into a slasher movie. I'm not going to complain too much because they're all like extremely well done, but it's also like, it just seems weird to me that they're <laughs> just resorting to using like a little uh, a knife to kill their victims. But With the exception of the blind accompanist. That's true. Ooh, that was wicked. <laughs> what they did to him. Oh, man. But nothing matches that first kill in the movie. Oh yeah. My goodness. <laughs> that first kill is so good. Like, I can't complain, even if I do think it's weird. Like, it's just so well done and well shot. And it's so creepy. Just seeing the eyes appear in the, the window. Man, I hate when movies do that, too. Like, when we were watching it at the theater and that happened, you probably saw me jump. Because I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate it when they do that. They do that twice in here. And it's so creepy. It's such a great opening. Like, it, it's hard for me to think of another horror film that has a better opening than Suspiria does. Honestly, just because it's so bombastic and over the top, which matches perfectly with the score and the color choices and the location. It's just like you, you sitting down, you're like, okay, I'm in for a ride with this film when you see it. It's, it's just nuts. It's it's great. It's an awesome opening for a horror film. I'd almost say it's my favorite part of the whole movie. It's just that opening. It's just so cool. It grabs your attention so easily, yeah. So do you guys think they summoned the like a demon or something to kill these people? Or is like Marcos killing these people? Who is doing the killing? I don't think it's the witches directly. I think they're using that like big dude who had all his teeth ripped out and replaced. I think they're using him and maybe somebody else that we don't see to do all the kills. Cause I think the witches themselves, they're just like, they're just casting spells and stuff. They're not directly. Well, you know what I mean? They're not, they don't have the knife and are stabbing them, but they're, they're influencing the people who are doing the stabbing. We do know they're capable of making, like, voodoo zombies. Oh, that was so freaky at the end. That one, like, haunts me. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's what they're doing. Some necromancy or something. I don't know. I did notice, so when we were talking about uh, the Bird movie, there was a trivia thing that said a director trademark he has is that a character suddenly remembers something. <laughs> <laughs> and it does happen in this one too so i was like giving it crap back then but it triggered me remembering something <laughs> everybody remembers things in movies <laughs> that's not a director trademark <laughs> he does it in deep red too it is like a big part of his movies yeah in deep red <laughs> in phenomena all of his movies it's a pretty integral part of the plot that's how he gets them to the the final act i do wish we got to see more of the witches though because you kind of only get to see the coven or the big group through like cracked doors and they're sitting down every time but you do get to see um, Marcos in her room, and that was pretty cool. 
It was satisfying, even though it kind of had the thing where I guess they said earlier you you cut off the like head of the coven and you the rest of them die. So. And the building blows up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For me, I I think I'm the opposite of you on that. One of the reasons I really enjoyed this um, the first time I watched it was that I didn't know what the heck was going on. So I really liked that they kept it so secret and then finally revealed it all at the end because I didn't suspect it going in. Like I said, because I didn't realize that Goblin was literally saying witch in the soundtrack. Otherwise, I probably would have picked up on it sooner. But them not doing that and keeping what they can do secret makes it more suspenseful for me because I don't know what's going to happen next and neither does the character. And I thought that they did a really good job building up the directress or Mother Marcos too because every time like you'd hear her snoring or whatever, especially when they're all sleeping in the um, ballet room, that scene terrified me just because it's like she's so close and you've heard nothing or they've built her up so well and then you, she's got that creepy breathing and she's literally right behind them but they can't see her and then does that zoom in onto the curtain oh man that that freaked me out so much the first time i watched this yeah that's good and everything i was just saying when Susie gets there at the end of the movie i wish she maybe saw more what was going on with uh the witches back there because it's it's maybe only like, what, four minutes that you actually get to see what's happening back there, if even that, and it's mostly contained to the room. I don't even know if they really ever say what's going on for sure. This time around watching, I found myself asking why a lot of times. <laughs> you know, maybe people wouldn't be trying to investigate the murders if they didn't do such high-profile murders in the middle of apartment buildings in town. <laughs> and like, why did they off the piano player? Did the dog actually bite the kid? I mean, we never see the kid, like, wounded, do we? It seemed very suspicious. Yeah, I don't know. Like, why do they even do that? It's a huge deal that just kind of seems to come up just for the sake of the cool kill, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not griping about a cool kill. I just don't get why in the context of the story. They seem very prideful to me in the um, in the context of the story because they run like this very prestigious school. They're all I wouldn't say they're all uppity, really, but some of them are very snobbish for sure. So to me, it seems like anybody who slights them, they're like, oh, we're, we're let's just kill them off. We're we're a coven of witches. And nobody knows we can just do whatever we want. Right. So that's kind of the the what I got from it for why they're just <laughs> just killing whoever they want, I guess. Yeah, they just go nuts. Or like the maggot scene, right? Like, was that actually just because of the rotted food, or did they just do a whole big elaborate prank just for the sake of doing an elaborate plank so we'd get that cool scene of the mother behind <laughs> the sheet? I think that that was some dead students or maybe even the cops who showed up at the start of the movie and they just forgot they left them up there <laughs> wow <laughs> it's just like a ton of like unanswered questions i had about this movie as it progressed which like the first like two three times i saw it i did not have these questions i did not care but this time watching it for the show and like analyzing and thinking i was like hmm, a lot of questions 
it's it's super like free flow, you know. Like I feel like Dario Argento just thought up of cool scenes and kind of just you know winged his way to him a little bit. But honestly, yeah, like it's just I I don't mind because the vibe of the movie is so good. Um, I wouldn't mind learning a little bit more about maybe some motives or like goals, why they're doing the things they're doing, that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not a huge complaint for me just because everything else is so awesome. Well, it's all about Susie. It's not about the witches. So that's probably why they didn't go really far into that, unlike the remake. <laughs> not to say that we necessarily learn a ton about Susie in the movie. She spends like half of it being drugged. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, but Sarah's the one investigating most of it. Yeah, it's not like she does much either. But again, I mean, it works in this context for Argento. I do think maybe this is what contributes to his downfall in the coming years. Yeah, I think, yeah, once he loses his visual flair, that's when you kind of like, he loses me. Because yeah, the movies I've seen where it's not, doesn't look quite as good as this or doesn't have the as good of music or anything, like, it's just, ugh, I don't know. It doesn't hold up as well for me, usually. And that's because the story's so simplistic and there's not much going on there. It needs those other two elements to work, which is, you could say, is a negative of the film. Because I know I was going off on the story a lot in Hostel when we talked about that, for different reasons, admittedly. But that is a legitimate criticism you can make for this, is that the story's so simplistic that without the other two elements, it doesn't really stand up on its own. Especially since we have a five-minute exposition dump scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty iffy, too. That's the worst <laughs> part of that whole movie. I don't even think we needed that, honestly. Like, geez. It's so boring. I'm not sure. Because it's it, it's interesting lore to the movie. So if you're invested, it's kind of cool for that. And, like, for me, when I saw it the first time, it just made me more like into the film because I was like, holy crap, they're a coven of witches at this school. And then she has to go back there. So I'm sitting there thinking, OK, now that she knows what is going to happen next. So I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I think it would have been better if she had like maybe found it herself rather than just like going to this random courtyard and talking with two smart dudes found sarah's notes maybe Mm -hmm. or like yeah broke into their office and looked for stuff like something like that would have been good because i don't know just and it's so different from everything else we've seen like just all of a sudden we're we're in modern society or something you know it's like it's so different feeling which is because it's the real world and she's not in the witch's spell at the dance academy right yeah but i mean but then once again, like we were saying, it loses all its flavor all of a sudden because the music is gone, the visuals aren't quite as good. Although there's that cool like reflection shot that I kind of liked, but like I don't know, yeah, that that just slows down all of a sudden because it's like, oh well, we I guess we should explain something in this movie, you know. <laughs> I guess before we move on, you know, I will say like I know I harped a bunch on the story there, but it really is like my only criticism of this movie. So like, don't get me wrong, it's not that big of a deal for me. It was just a lot more noticeable this time around. And it's for me, it's not even a criticism. It's if I wanted to criticize, that is where I would start with, but. Like like we've been saying, talking about it, the other two elements, the music and the visuals, work so well in this that the story doesn't need to be any more complicated to make this film really work and be really good, which doesn't happen a lot in 
it, it's obviously what they were going for, and they pull it off lawlessly. So I guess who wants to talk about the new one, since I guess we have to, Suspiria 2018 yeah. slash 19. Of course we do. Let's move on to it. I'll volunteer to cover the the rundown of Suspiria 2018. So Suspiria 2018 is directed by Luca Guadagnino. I don't know how you say it. I apologize. He directed this one. Um, he's done some pretty highly critically acclaimed movies in the past. Um, and this one is about Susie Banyan showing up in Germany to attend this <laughs> world-renowned dance academy. And when she gets there, some weird stuff starts happening <laughs> to her. And she learns that the school is run by a coven of witches. Witch! Witch! <laughs> Although we don't get quite as much of that in this one. <laughs> but in this movie, we also have the subplot about what is happening in Berlin at the time during 1977 while the wall's still up and the RAF is doing terrorist activities. And then there's the biggest addition to this film, which is the witch coven is having a power struggle and there's power dynamics occurring throughout the movie and Susie gets caught up in the middle of this along with most of the other characters and people attending the school and there's a psychologist who's investigating his own thing so yep it's very complicated compared to the original <laughs> yeah a lot more going on what the original lacks in story, this one makes up for, and then some. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yes, it, it's so weird. This movie is a complete inverse of the original, which I appreciate because going in, like, at least in the trivia, the director and Tilda Swinton were like, "We love the original one. We're not really going to re try and remake it." We're going to do our own thing with it. So it's complete inverse. There's like hardly any color in this. It's all dreary and drab. The only color we have is when they're doing like magic or having the dream sequences and witchcraft stuff. Um, the music is very chill. Yeah. <laughs> super mellow. Yeah. Mellowed and not bombastic at all. Even in the crazy parts of this film and like we said the story is expanded upon greatly in this film the story is the focus this time yeah there's a lot going on there is because it's almost i think it is literally like 50 some minutes longer than the original one so almost an entire hour longer for me, I didn't really feel the length on this one because I was really invested in the story for the most part. I'll I'll criticize the story in this one for sure, but I surprisingly I really like this movie. <laughs> yeah. I never feel bored during the runtime, I'll say. That that I mean that's just me, you know, but I do enjoy just watching it. I don't know. Something about it. Maybe it's the dialogue. I just feel like propels each scene forward. I think what I really like about it is, yeah, like, what we were saying about the plot in the last one was, like, you know, this kind of felt like, to me, like, they're just moving from scene to scene, one cool thing to the next. 
And this one, I actually was a little more invested, like, in the actual, like, yeah, the mystery aspect of it, of, like, what is actually going on here. Because there's, like, so many layers that you kind of have to dig through. But I, I really did like just learning about the school and, like, the situation, the world building they do and everything. I thought, it, yeah, it was all pretty intriguing. It's really interesting because right off the bat, in the opening scene of the film, they tell you the dance academy's run by witches. Right off the bat. So that's not even... That's not even what the mystery is in this film. You know they're witches, and they start out showing you basically that there's a power struggle going on between Mother Marcus and um, Madame Blanc in this film. And it just gets more, I won't say convoluted, it gets more, there's more layers to it that you peel back the deeper you go into the film and the longer it progresses. And they do a lot of really cool stuff with the coven and the dancers in this film, which I was not expecting. What did you think of the story, Mike? You uh, don't sound like you were as intrigued by it. I have to say, I literally just finished watching this movie before we started recording here. Like, literally, I shut down my, uh, my PlayStation, took the dog outside and got on the computer to record. You know, I was in a pretty good mood. Before I watched this movie, and then I I did not like this at all. I I I don't know. It kind of put me in a sour mood, to be honest. This movie did. I did not like it. The story, pretty much, like you said, it's the inverse of Suspiria. Pretty much everything I loved in the classic one, they do not do in this one, which is good. That's what you want in a remake. But I kind of felt like bored most of the time. Because I already knew they were witches. I wasn't really that invested in Sarah or um, the other girl who's like Susie. always humping the floor. Susie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was pretty interested in like Madame Blanc. I thought she was a good character. I just kind of felt like this was very pretentious is the vibe I got from this movie. And I don't know. I did not enjoy most of it all. I, did, I couldn't really get invested in the characters besides Tilda Swinton. And the ending was, I didn't see that coming, what they did there. But by that point, I was kind of like, uh, You were done with it? Yeah, I was done. And then it just gets really nasty. And they like walk around and blow up everybody's heads. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. But I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. <laughs> you only liked um, Tilda Swinton's character then. Which one? She's three people in this. I was going to say, what, what are you talking about? She is three characters in this movie. Are they the, she the other witches? She's one of the other witches. She was Marcos. Yep, yep. And she's also the doctor? I thought something was up with that. She does a great job with all of the characters she plays in this. So, okay, let me ask. Marcos was the... The dead thing that came up out of the ground and started blowing up heads, right? That no, was... that was the... She was like the, the witch who was like cackling and being like, are you ready to lose your soul or whatever like that? At the When she had like the hands grown out of her. The sunglasses? Yeah, yeah. Wait, I thought she said she was some other's mother. She says that she's the vessel of Mother Suspirium, but she's mistaken. A false mother. She was a false... 
a false god, let's say, claiming to be something she wasn't. So Mother Suspiriorum comes back and's like, oh, uh-uh, we're putting a stop to this right now. And so that's why she goes and blows up all the witches and they do the cut back to when they were voting for Marcos over Blanc. And then there's the other part where Blanc is all into the artistry of their spell casting through dance and what they're doing, and Marcos is just in it for the power or whatever. Um, so that's another part of it, and kind of like how when Mother Suspiriorum comes back in Susie, she starts reforming the school and's like talking to all the sacrificial girls and's like, hey, what do you want me to do to help you out? And then she just kills them because that's what she wants. Ah, interesting. I didn't pick up on all of that. Like I got the bits and pieces, but I didn't put them together. Maybe because I literally just watched it. <laughs> yeah, it took me a lot of thinking to figure out what was happening. And then I did watch some YouTube videos where they all gave their thoughts on what was ha what happened at the end. So, so it keeps cutting to um, some lady who's in a bed, and she's like, "She's my sin" or whatever. Is she talking about Susie? Right? Yeah. Yeah. She had to let go of her old mother to bring on the new mother. But spoiler alert, she actually hated her mother anyway, so it was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, she was totally cool with it. Yeah, yeah she was ready. Well, and then she was, like, always wanted to go. She had the weird attraction to Berlin that they show when she was over in America, and then she went to see the plays. And then, like you said earlier, when she gets there, she's always, like, she's humping the floor with her dance and bringing on the sexualized, ritualistic energy. And then she gets there and she's like the best dancer and everything. And she... She's a natural, yeah. Yeah, she's a prodigy essentially for him. So it all connects real cool. And I think it's a really cool story and what they did with it because they kind of incorporate stuff from the original three movies of the mythos because the original Suspiria is was made as a standalone you can correct me if I'm wrong Terry or Fox or Mike I don't know I know Terry's seen the other three or the other two movies but I believe the original Suspiria was supposed to be standalone but then Argento was like let's expand upon this and made two other movies that talk about the other two mothers since Suspiria was about Mother Suspiriorum. So this remake kind of takes stuff from all three of those movies' mythos, even though they don't like, ha they only have Suspiriorum in it. They reference the other two mothers a lot in this, and they kind of set it up to where they could have more movies. I don't know, yeah, if they'll make more of these, but it definitely uses the full breadth of lore from the original trilogy. That's where they get a lot of that runtime with the story. Does that change your opinion any on the story, Mike? Um, maybe a bit. I think I need time to think about it. I gotta say, it was better for me the second time through, kind of like knowing, and then like seeing the little plot points like line up as they happened instead of in retrospect. That helped me a lot too, yeah, I was... I remember the first time I kind of had a similar reaction to you, Mike. I, I still liked it, but I was kind of more like, eh, it's just all right. 
But this time when I watched it, yeah, I was like all in on it. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it just it's it's so dense. Like it's hard to kind of get all the pieces and stuff that they throw at you. I think the first time around, it gets better with rewatches. Yeah, it's it's like having to dig into a a dense book is what this felt like watching. It's even in chapters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't. For me, watching it this time, I don't think the payoff was really worth it because when it got there, I was kind of like just not really invested in it. And I was like, oh my God. Even after that, it still had like 20 minutes to go. And I was like, wow, this is a long movie. <laughs> You've got to really buy and get invested in the characters if this movie's going to work for you. That's for sure. Well, yeah, I know we've been, yeah, I mean, talking about the plot a lot and don't get me wrong, I love it. But I do think it's just a little more dense than it needs to be. The psychologist really feels shoehorned a lot of times to me. I feel like we could have done with a lot less of his story. And the backdrop with the unrest in Germany and the RAF terrorist stuff. Doesn't go anywhere. I get what they're trying to do with that, being symbolic. But I think it would have been fine if they just... You know, the, they have it at the beginning when Chloe Grace Moritz, who I did not recognize that was her, uh, goes to the psychologist or whatever. They have it there, and then if they would have left it up until the bomb goes off or whatever, and then Sarah goes over there and is like, oh, I can smell it, it's a bomb. I think that would have served enough of its purpose, because he keeps seeing the Berlin Wall, because it's literally right beside the wall. So that's that's symbolic enough, I think. And then we could have cut out a lot of that a lot of that stuff, and then that would have cut out a lot of the psychologist stuff too. The psychologist story is okay. It's sad and touching in a way, but I'm not sure it fits very well with like you said, Fox, I don't think it fits very well with the Dance Academy stuff, because that was a lot more interesting to me. Kind of hearkening back to the classic, I found myself going, why are we doing this a number of times? <laughs> I completely agree. That whole character side story, and even that, that character's like there when the ritual happens naked. And I was like, why? I would have much rather have seen Susie exploring around um, more, or Sarah exploring and finding out more about the witches at the Dance Academy, finding more secret rooms and artifacts and stuff like that. Because that's what I liked, was when they found the artifacts and the witches were doing the weird stuff. That was really well done. It's creepy, too, especially when, like, when she's supposed to be doing their big dance routine and she's sneaking around down there. That was creepy. Holy... And then that, like... They have, like, shadows in the floor that are holes and stuff. Ah, so scary. Yeah, that was frightening. Or that nasty picture with all the girls' hair on it. <laughs> I mean, they, like, collect their urine and stuff, too. Like, they're taking a lot of weird stuff from these girls. Like, ugh. Them incorporating dance like they did to give them the power to cast their spells is a genius idea. This works so well because it is a dance academy. Yes, that is the best part. <laughs> yes. And we actually get dancing and a lot of it in this film. Though I will say this is not the type of dancing that I like 
not one bit, but that is a personal preference. So I will not fault the movie for it because the style they do use fits very well with the witches and ritualistic, like sexualized stuff that these witch pagan ritual things are associated with. So it works very well for that, even though I would have much preferred traditional ballet stuff <laughs> i loved it i thought the choreography was amazing it's so cool when they do volk there and stuff oh yeah the arms are like coming out from behind her like it's so awesome it's so like raw and yeah aggressive it's so awesome i love all the dance scenes in this it's just amazing okay i'll just talk about it now like the cool scene well it's horrifying but like the scene where they're practicing <laughs> their dance but in the other room, this girl's just getting mangled and thrown around because the spell or whatever is, like, throwing <laughs> her and attaching her to her limbs and, like, just twisting her and morphing her. Oh, man, it's so brutal. But it's, like, it incorporates, yeah, that dance stuff so well. It's so cool. Like, such a great idea. And it's doing just what the first movie did, too, with having that bombastic opening thing, but doing it in its own way with its own style is cool like the story is so much richer in this but it still hits all the same beats that the original does it, it it's nice um i was talking to my wife about it today i was like it, it's nice seeing a movie that's technically a remake that obviously they love the original and when they do the remake they're not just taking a big dump on the story or the characters from the original this one, it respects the original, it pays homage to it, and it does its own thing in such a unique way, and it succeeds at doing it so well that it's refreshing seeing something like that, because you don't get it very often. Yeah, like, it even hits a lot of the similar beats of the um, the original, like, and a couple times it's like, I don't know if anybody would get this if they hadn't seen the original, like, when she's counting the footsteps to find the hidden room. They don't really set that up at all. And I was like, I know what's going on, but I don't know like how anybody else would know if they had not seen the original, what she's doing. My complaint with the last one, with like the, the expedition dump with the psychologist guy randomly, at least he's incorporated in the film and he's like actually a key player and, you know, he's investigating yeah. <laughs> it from the start. Like that's the first character we meet. Like I actually kind of liked his stuff. I know you guys weren't too big on it, but I thought it was all pretty interesting. It, it and I like the outside perspective, like the the skeptic, like looking in and the audience per se of the dance. The crux of the witness concept, eh? I'll agree with you, Terry. I don't think his stuff is bad per se. I like his story and how it connects with the coven and how they use him or whatever. It's very cool seeing them bring back Jessica Harper to play his wife. Um, and that one, that was a nice surprise because I was not expecting her to show up in this one. She plays the original Susie Banyan in the 77 Suspiria, if you don't know the actress name. It just feels very superfluous when I'm so invested in what's happening at the coven. It, it, it's weird because I don't think it's bad, but I think it's a little too much. It's like a redundancy of the themes, really. Because they're using him and then what's happening in Germany to be like, okay, this is 
them suffering under the um the German Reich or whatever with Hitler and that connects to the coven and what's going down there with their power struggles. It's very symbolic, but I don't think we needed as much of it in the film to get that across. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's honestly kind of heavy-handed, which I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, it's okay. Like it's yeah, all about division, you know, the wall, Blanc and uh, Marcos um the bombings going on in Germany at the time like there's a lot yeah and I kind of like that it's just that he really just goes for it and it's like oh yeah even like the um which I noticed this time watching it, you know that little heart he carves on the wall it's actually like divided because it's on the corner so like his name's on one side her name's on the other with like a line going through the middle Ooh, that was nice a little symbolism there that is nice I didn't mind. I thought it was all fine. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I would, I can see that point though. It is very much just the same, 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 same stuff. Like no matter, they just keep doing it. Layers, baby. Yeah, the layers. I just like all these layers. So juicy. It's like a cake or an onion. Suspiria is like a, an ogre. They got layers. Ah, <laughs> like parfait. Everybody likes parfait. Yeah, there you go. You know, I didn't pick up on all this stuff. And it sounds like I could if I watched it again, but I don't really have the motivation to watch it again, so... Give it like a year, I'd say, you know, Maybe just... at some point in the future, yes, I will, but... I think it's worth it. I think it's been a year since I've seen it, give or take a few weeks. What didn't grab you about the main characters? I'm curious. I don't know. It was... Well, which main characters are you talking about here? Uh, let's go with Sarah and Susie. So Sarah was okay. I liked her um, investigation and what she was finding when she was going down in um, to the trap doors. And like you said, it was really creepy when she found Patricia and that other like Silent Hill zombie thing down there with no arms and legs coming after her. That was really unsettling. I, I just think I didn't get enough time with sarah maybe because it jumps around there's a lot of characters in this movie and it jumps around a lot and there's a lot of stuff going on all at once and there's a lot of stuff going on in the background it sounds like that i missed and it just seems like it takes away from some of the characters like they're not bad they're not awful characters but i just wasn't attached to sarah Susie has personality i'll give her that um dakota johnson played her pretty well i think yeah, she did real good, especially when she turned in the Suspiriorum at the end. I didn't know that that was her in this until I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's her? Would have never guessed. But she has personality, and that was cool. I didn't get enough time, I think, with any of these characters individually because there's just so much going on. It's so dense. There's so many subplots and layers to this that it's trying to get out there that I just kind of, like, didn't absorb much of it, it sounds like. I like that it's different than the original Suspiria. Um, that is good that they took their own direction with it, because that's what I want them to do. But I also really like the old Suspiria a lot, and this was absolutely almost nothing like it besides the story. So, I don't know. I think it was a combination of things. And it was just really long. I feel like this could have been cut down 20 minutes pretty easily. And I think that maybe would have strengthened it. You know, tighten it up, cut it down, 
maybe cut out the psychologist. I, you made a good point, Terry, that uh, that character has the outside perspective, and that's really cool now that I think about it. But I also still didn't like that character. I'd rather have more of Sarah and Susie interacting and Sarah exploring what's going around. Maybe a couple more big dance scenes um, to keep you invested in between all this dialogue and stuff. But it's not a bad movie. Like, these people definitely know how to make a movie. I just felt like it was very pretentious, kind of. It was the vibe I got. I wouldn't disagree with that, but... <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a very subtle message. It was very, like, we're going to hit you right on in the face with it. <laughs> but in this case, I'm all for it. It's just the right amount of pretentious, like, yes. You know, honestly, it reminds me a lot of The Witch. No spoilers. I need to watch it. Good Lord, Dan, watch The Witch. I would do like a double feature with this and The Witch, to be honest. I'm going to watch it because watching both of these has got me in a witch mood. So I'm going <laughs> to watch The Witch now. <laughs> I think, yeah, this pairs really nicely with The Witch, I think. Not just because it's full of witches, but the themes, I think, also <laughs> line up. <laughs> I really also enjoyed the interactions between Dakota Johnson and Tilda Swinton in this. It's really good because those two do such a good job in this movie. And when they were together on screen, it was, I don't want to say entrancing, but it kind of is, even though that could be a very bad pun. But... <laughs> bewitching, perhaps? Yeah, bewitching. <laughs> They're just so good together in this. Oh, my goodness. They had a lot of char like, yeah, charisma between each other. A lot of uh, almost like sexual tension, which is weird. <laughs> it's interesting, though. I like it. You could say that, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, actually, I would think that's kind of what they're going for. I think that was, like, the point. And it makes it more weird because she's kind of the surrogate mother for Dakota's character since she hates her real mother so much, rightfully so from what we saw in the film. It's very interesting. I do. I like that like layer to it. It's just so weird, but it's in intriguing. Yeah, and just them interacting with each other. You're like, what is going on between these two exactly? Because like, they don't really ever, like, they hint at stuff, but they don't yet yeah, dive too deep. Like, I mean... Obviously, she wants her to be like her prodigy, I would, I guess, you know, but sometimes, like, I think there might be a little more to this, actually. Hmm. She doesn't want to waste her on that old Mother Marcus, like, gross witch person. <laughs> oh, she was nasty. And yeah, I love the contrast between her and Marcus, like the, yeah, like you were saying earlier, the arts and the, like, it feels like, yeah, they have the just very different methodologies to their stuff just like the brief moments we see of marcus like talking you're like geez like she's really like not <laughs> no subtlety like your body will be mine are you ready to give up your soul and it's like wow you're not doing a great job of <laughs> convincing here yeah because tilda swinton's like okay Susie, you gotta be like all in on this like if this is gonna work you gotta buy it and then marcos is over there just like taunting her like, why would you ever want to go through with it with this chick with a baby arm growing out of her own <laughs> arm being like, I'm going to devour your soul? It seems like, yeah, Till Swinton's like the surrogate mother for like this whole school, whereas Marcos is like the like appointed mother, you know, it's like she's been separated so long, maybe even, you know, she's just been down in the basement chilling in her creepy cave. Put her in a storage closet 
under the dance floor. <laughs> that scene gave me the chills when their hand just comes up. <sighs> or when the demon comes out at the end. Oh, man. There's some very good visuals in this, even if it doesn't hold a candle to what's in the original film. This one still has some really good stuff. And I do like how they did use color a lot for the actual witchcraft and like the magical things that occurred in that. That was a really cool way of incorporating what the original did. And also kind of on that point, too, I was thinking while you you and Fox were talking, Terry, it feels kind of like the school in this one, it looks the way it does because it's under, because Marcus is in control. And I feel like the school in the original movie would be more like if Madame Blanc was in control. Oh, interesting. That's a good interest. Yeah, I like that. You're probably right, though. Yeah, because Blanc seems more interested in, yeah, like the actual performance, you know, not necessarily the magical aspect of it. She just wants to, you know, have her like um, abstract, like art dance pieces that are like, yeah, just have a message all their own and everything. But she wants their witchcraft to mean something besides giving the old bag of bones a new body. <laughs> and Marcus is just like, I need soul. <laughs> I need a new body, which to be fair, I don't blame her. <laughs> she does need a new body. Holy crap, that is disgusting. <laughs> she looks nasty, man. You know, if I might, I do have two criticisms of the visuals in this new one. So first off, they use that multicolored drop shadow to, like, distinguish between the German and French subtitles. I don't care for that drop shadow, and this is just personal, but it makes it a little blurry to me. Kind of hurts my eyes just a touch. You know, I don't know. That's just me. But then the big one that I'm just not a huge fan of is anytime there's, like, a real heavy magic being used on screen, they drop the frame rate. Oh, yes, at the end. Well, they use it a couple times in the dance studio when they're practicing. Like whenever um, Tilda Swinton puts her hands on Susie's hands and feet, they do it. And every time it just feels really jarring, like almost a jump cut to me. And I'm not a big fan of that. And some of the dream sequences, I think they do it too. Oh yeah, you're right. Not as much though in those. Those are just like a lot of weird stuff. But I I'll agree with you, Fox. I didn't particularly care for it either. It's okay, I guess, but I would have preferred it to be more, to, to be just the regular frame rate, so I can watch the demon go around and blow up everybody's heads in real time. And I kind of feel like they almost did it to, like, you know, save some dosh on, like, frames of CGI blood spraying everywhere. Maybe. Or to even just cover up the, the effect a little bit. I see what he's going for with it, but yeah, I think visually it looks a little clunky. Um, I just, I, I get, you know, because he does, it's kind of like another like layer of, yeah, whenever magic's used, you can tell because of this, but it's also like, well, doesn't look that great sometimes. Yeah, especially at the end, but I didn't mind it as much this time. There's a big wide shot of the whole room when they're all dancing in a circle and it's that low frame rate and then it speeds back into the regular frame rate. And I like that scene. It looks like an old-timey, like, Nosferatu kind of shot. But outside of that, I'm not a fan. Yeah, that ending was wicked, though. Oh my goodness, that was crazy. Totally worth the build-up for me to all that. It was so cool, yeah. 
And Tilda Swinton doesn't even die from that either, which is nuts. Yeah, they put the, they like adjust the head and her eyes open for a second. She's like, what? She's looking at him. <laughs> it's like, it's about time you got down here. I really liked that. Like, it was like a coup almost, you know, like they killed all of them. But there's that lady upstairs who like suddenly like realizes what just happened. Like, maybe this was all part of the plan. Maybe Blanc knew that. Suspirium was in the body the whole, you know, like it's it's very interesting. There's like because the way that other witch looks upstairs when she like realizes what happened, it's like hmm, it's kind of cool. I don't know, something to think about. Yeah, it's a lot to think about with this one. Like like we said, it's so dense to its detriment at times, I would say. But there's a lot of good stuff in there that it makes up for it. I think. We haven't talked about the music yet. That's what I asked. I want to talk about the music. I've had the the title track, or what not it called, Suspiriorum? Yep. I've had that stuck in my head since I've seen this. It's so good. <laughs> and I don't even like this kind of music, really, but that track is so good. <laughs> I've been listening to it, too. I bought it when I first... Uh... Watched the movie. Is like I did love the soundtrack the first time, even too. It's just so different than what you'd expect, and it's so like yeah, it's just melancholy, kind of chill. There are creepy moments, but like they have like actual songs with words and stuff, and this like actual like yeah rock ballads. I don't know what you would call it. Like very chill vibe, like piano pieces. I guess I would say it gives it as much of a vibe as like Goblin did, like with theirs, but like in a totally different way, like just a different vibe. Yeah, for sure. An interesting choice, but I think it paid off really well. It wasn't my favorite in the end, but I liked it in the beginning. <laughs> I have to listen to it again. I can't really remember. Well, it's also so contrasting to the, the film at times. Goblins, because like, you wouldn't expect that type of music to be in a horror film. And this one, it's like there's so much crazy stuff happening, but you got the melancholy music playing. It's crazy. It hits, it does the same thing, but in a different way. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I'm i impressed by it. I need to listen to more Tom York because I think a lot of his music's kind of similar to this, so maybe I'd like it. He was on Radiohead, right? Oh, wait, now that you say that, that sounds right. It just seems like such an out-of-left-field choice. I don't know. Like, I don't listen to a lot of Radiohead, obviously, but, like, that's not who I would think of to score a, like, Amazon original horror film, especially one that the original is, like, a crazy bombastic thing. But I guess that just goes into what the, you were saying the director said. He didn't want to copy the original. He wanted to kind of do his own thing, you know? And, and in a way, he still, you know, he gets a similar effect, but just in a different way. I don't want to say it's the perfect way to do a remake, but it's very, very good. <laughs> a very, very good way to do a remake. That's for sure, I think. We've been talking a lot tonight. Are we ready for some overall presentation here? <laughs> There's a lot to talk about with these movies. It's nuts. Yeah, this was a lot to talk about for a double feature, so. I, I didn't quite realize it until I finished watching this one the remake then i was like oh man that's a lot to go over but that's fine i've wanted to talk about suspiria forever because because i didn't know mike's opinion on it i hadn't asked him because i wanted to talk about it on the show and 
and I showed the original to my wife, and she hated it. So I was like, oh. I got to talk about it with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've been wanting to talk about the remake for a while. <laughs> I haven't really had anybody to talk to. We've been we've been playing in this since we saw the original in the theater with Goblin Live, and that was like, was that two years ago or was that last year? I don't oh. remember at this point. It was in October, wasn't it? So it was about last year. Was it October last year? Yeah. So it's been almost a year in the the in the making. And yes, I'm very glad I got to watch this remake finally because <laughs> I probably wouldn't have touched it um, if we weren't doing this. Because I'm like remake Suspiria, you gotta be crazy. But lo and behold, I actually like it a lot. <laughs> it's a nice surprise. But yeah, I think we're ready. I think we've covered quite a bit here. Let's do it. We're just doing the classical scale for both movies. I think we'll just, yeah, just kind of give a brief thoughts about both and rate each as we normally do, which is we have a ha, few ha, ratings. Ha. Ha. <laughs> oh, God. That's my wish laugh, by the way. How appropriate that our one rating is burn it. <laughs> That's, yes, yeah, so speaking of that, yes, we have burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it. In that order, we all give a little spiel about what we think, and then we, uh, I've read our scores at the end, if possible. It might be even a little more convoluted this time, <laughs> because it's two movies, but uh, we'll do our best, I guess. I don't know. We'll wing it. We'll see how it goes, but, um, uh-oh. Here we go again, huh? Um, so <laughs> let me just uh, fill a buster us. here for just uh, a sec. Uh, <laughs> for this one, do you, TV? <laughs> oh. So I, I, I was thinking about my times back at the old dance academy. Um, and what did you dance? What did you learn? Oh, a lot of avant-garde, like um, very aggressive dance style, you know, crawling on the floor, like sharp movement, sharp breathing. Ah. It was very intensive, but, um, you know, thing, weird things always happened at this place. And, you know, a couple students started disappearing. It was getting a little sketchy. And then I got invited downstairs to this ritual, um, which, to my surprise, yeah, it was a ritual. And there were witches. They were all witches there. And they're like, we have to perform this to summon the one true host, the one Ooh. who's always first. And I was like, huh? Is that me? And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to use your body and put his soul in there. No, no, no. I was like, well, who is this guy anyways? And they're like, it's Mike. Ah! I thought you were just going to be the witness, but no, nope. you're the vessel. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So then I was like, oh, well, I actually know that guy. You want me just to oh. ask him? What? <laughs> and so then I just left, and here we are. So um... Foiled the coven. <laughs> you threw off the spell intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> it was a coup. This cannot happen again. <laughs> All right. I, I'll go first here, even though I thought there was going to be like a ritual to bring me up. No, I was going to get punched, but, but I guess not. You just know me, so I'm just that guy, Mike. <laughs> but, um, I really like the old Suspiria. Um, I'm just going to say buy it. We we talked about it. It's really good. I like this guy's movies, but it sounds like I've seen probably the good ones he's done. 
But Suspiria is definitely really, really good. I had a lot of fun watching it this time, even though I was like super tired when I watched it because all I was doing was studying for cert certification exam. But it was a good break, and I really enjoyed watching it again second time I've seen it. The remake, it sounds like I maybe need to watch it again to catch all the stuff that's in there. Um, I literally just watched it, finished it like two hours ago. I don't know, coming out of it, I would have to say give it a pass, but it sounds like there's a lot there that I missed. So take that as you will, you know, these other guys have had time to think about it and they probably have the deep dive into it because a couple of them have seen it more than I have. So listen to them over me on that one. Everybody's opinion is valid on this podcast. Yeah. I'm just saying, I usually like to have time to digest the movie. I did not get time to digest this movie. You know, that's fair. It would be hard, I think, to come into this having literally seen it minutes ago. <laughs> you know, the original 70s Suspiria is arguably Dario Argento's best movie and one of my favorite horror movies of all time, probably. Because, I mean, there's so many reasons to love this movie i know i harped on the plot but it's really not that big of a deal you really as we said don't need that much plot when you have these insane visuals and that crazy score by goblin by which in contrast you know the new one is a completely different movie with very muted gray wintry colors and a pretty mellow score but that said i also think the new one is a great movie i think dakota johnson's a great actress tilda swinton is you know, the matron all-star of actresses, in my opinion. It's pretty hard to go wrong with it. There's a lot of witchiness, a lot of classical witchiness. I gotta give this one also a buy, because I also bought it in preparation for this review. So uh, they're, they're both buys for me. I think they're a great double feature, although you might be better served pairing the new Suspiria with The Witch as an October back-to-back, head-to-head double feature witch movie to get you in that mood i don't know that's a full-on straight flush of buys from fox though nice yeah um i love the original as well it's really good it's definitely like style over substance but also the style is just so amazing that like it doesn't matter like literally like it's just it fills the void any void that it's missing for me i think like it's just so cool visually and the music is so amazing that I can just forgive just about anything weird I have with the plot. Um, I would give that one a buy it. It's a horror classic, I think. You're not going to see many things like it. Uh, this new one is also, I think, amazing. It's very different, um, but it's also different in a lot of cool ways. Uh, it expands upon the story, which you know is a little flimsy in the last one, and Almost to its detriment, I would say, but to me, I really enjoyed most aspects of it. I think uh, maybe there's a few moments where, like, they reference the original or they do something from the original, but they don't really set it up at all. Um, so that's kind of weird to me, but also I think they assume you've seen the original if you're watching the remake, maybe, I guess. I don't know. So maybe that forgives a little bit. Music's great in the new one. The vibe is great. Um, I would give that one a buy it as well. I like both of these movies a ton, and it's the remake to Spiria is like better than I would have ever expected it to be. So, yeah, I I hadn't seen the original Suspiria until last year when we saw it with Goblin live. Um, 
So that probably influenced me a lot because that was really cool and I had a great time doing that. But I've also watched the movie two other times since then because um, I bought it immediately after I saw it at the theater. Um, and I loved it as much as that first time on the subsequent, both subsequent viewings of it. So it's going to be a buy it for me. Like Like everybody said, you're not going to see anything like the 1977 Suspiria. It's it's a treat to listen to and a treat to watch. Uh, this new one should not have worked uh, <laughs> just because it's like, how can you remake the 77 Suspiria? But they found a way to do do it. And I think part of that is because they liked the original so much they don't want to disrespect it at all and just want to pay homage to it so they do they do the opposite of everything in the original Suspiria and fill out the gaps that that movie had while downplaying the things that that movie's most known for and it works and it works because there's quality filmmaking there there's quality music being made there that fits really well with the movie, surprisingly, funnily enough, just like the original one. And it works because the acting is great in this all around. Everybody does good in this. The standouts being Dakota Johnson and Tilda Swinton, of course. They're excellent in this, but everybody else in that film did really good too. And it just, there's so much in there that enriches the story and keeps it interesting and keeps you guessing what's going on and keeps the tension high throughout the whole film, even though you know in that one that they're for sure witches and stuff the entire time. It all leads up to a crazy finale with um, a subversion that you don't expect but is really good and really clever and exceeds expectations. It's it's great. That's it's a buy it for me as well. I'm surprised how much I liked it and I want all re people who are doing a remake should watch the original Suspiria and then this one to see how it's done cuz this is how you should do a remake. Well, sounds like it's buy it's all around. Oh yeah. Nice positive end to the uh Halloween series we did. Yeah. yeah. Well, for most of us. For almost everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. I'm still disappointed I wasn't summoned by the ritual, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, maybe next time. But where can they get in contact with us and we'll do a naked uh, ritual for them? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I don't know our listeners as well. Let's see. <laughs> oh, no. So you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your thoughts on these movies. Do you like Suspiria? Do you like the remake? Have you seen the original? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to know. Do you think the the remake lives up to to the original or not? You know? I don't know. I've I've heard some people who don't like it as much either. So I think this one was pretty divisive when it came out. But do get in contact with us for sure. Yeah, yeah, and also let us know like what you like to watch in October. Like what are your go-to Halloween movies? We want to know that because I always need more horror movies in my life. Yeah, help us out. Yeah, I have a void to fill. We like horror on this show. So uh, for next week, we're 
not taking such a far departure from our October-themed films. We're going to do another <laughs> horror movie, but this time it was a recommendation. Yeah. A good friend Todd recommended to us a while ago for the show, uh, and it's called Sputnik. It's a Russian sci-fi Ooh. horror movie. Hey, that's on my list. I want to see this one. We'll do it, Todd, just for you. I know it's been <laughs> a while since you recommended it, but hey, we're just listening. We're always listening. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> we hear you whenever TV tells us. What? Don't say that. <laughs> Anyways, let's get out of here. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>